Hello and welcome back to another episode of I'll Tell You a Tale. I'm Nathan Westoff, your host, and I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this on Friday, you're listening to it on the day that it comes out because we are doing a special three-week launch period where we release two episodes a week. Uh, Right now, every Monday for the next three weeks, we are going to be releasing a chapter from our Tale of Terrible People, a story rendition of the first D&D campaign that I ever ran as a DM. What you're going to listen to today, every Friday for the next three weeks, you're going to listen to a chapter from the science fiction book I am writing called Space and Sorcery. I am super excited about this. It was an old writing project that I stumbled into. I'm excited to get through the stuff that I already have written so that I can continue to work on the story, and I'm excited to have you all along on the journey. Thank you all so much for listening. And enjoy the episode. Space and Sorcery Chapter 1 Why you should try your very best to never owe anyone anything, ever. The world is dark around me. Everything is black. Everything is calm. One breath leads into the next. I'm drifting. It's quiet. From the darkness around me, I can hear another person breathing. Our breaths form a steady pattern. I inhale as she exhales. I can almost feel her next to me. I reach out, and she's gone. I focus on this new quiet, the absence of her breath, waiting for her to come back to me. I don't know how long I wait. I would wait forever. Then the darkness crumbles around me, torn away by an obnoxious blaring noise. I open my eyes only to see a flashing block of red text. Sharon, now. The text solidifies into a solid block that covers most of my vision. My heart is pounding. I take a few breaths and disable the message notification. It's a simple effort of will. The chip implanted in my brain reads my intent, and the message is marked as red. A message from anyone else wouldn't have driven me so quickly from sleep. But I can't afford to ignore Alton. His messages are automatically whitelisted by my second sight. That doesn't mean I can't postpone the inevitable as long as humanly possible. I initiate the wake-up protocol on my sight and a cocktail of norepinephrine and adrenaline is pumped into my brain. The world around me is overlaid with a disorganized mess of data streams. 
I take full advantage of the chemical cocktail currently pumping through my brain to consume as much of the data as possible. Everything seems normal. Kelry, as far as I can tell, hasn't fallen out of the sky while I was sleeping. I can feel the gentle thrum of her heartbeat through the bottom of my souls, and it's comforting. I reopen the message from Alton. There is nothing else. Just the ten letters. I don't know if he's this curt with other people in his employ, or if he really can't stand me. I message him back. Yes? The man, and I use that term loosely, appreciates simplicity if nothing else. I need you to check up on something. Top priority. Keep it quiet. Get me answers. Attached to the message is a file. More specifically, a ship log. Currently docked in Teller Hangar is a modified striker vessel. I don't get it at first and start to send a questioning message back to Alton. Then I see the travel log. Or rather, the absence of one. That tiny string of metadata. That tiny string of metadata that wizards place in a vessel's ID tag before flinging them across the empty void between systems, is missing. What's this? You're smart enough to figure that out on your own. I'm in the middle of something. Get me everything you can on that ship by the end of this cycle, and I'll cut 20,000 ailers out of your debt. My heart stops beating for a second. That much money for a background check on a ship? I don't really have the option to say no. But this extra bit of encouragement is more than enough to send me skipping down to Teller. On it. Keep it quiet. The fact that he repeats himself makes me shiver. He rarely does that. Along with the 20000 Ailer payment, I know he means business. It's a little terrifying. I sigh and slip out of my bunk. In the same way that you can't see your nose unless you focus on it, a clock floats at the edge of my vision. Four hours station time. Pretty early in the 30-hour day-night cycle that Kelry runs on. It's always fucked with my brain. Somewhere buried deep in me is the desire to follow the cycle of some star I've never seen as it rises in the sky of a planet I've never stepped on. And it's really fucking annoying. But we humans are a minority in Kelry, and the local source of life in this system just so happens to spin slower than the planet where my ancestors carved annoying traits into my DNA. Suffice it to say, I'm exhausted, but I'm used to it. I trot barefoot over the cold metal floor of my cabin to the corner I use as a shower. The chemical cocktail I use every morning has already got me wired, but cold water showers are another ritual of mine. The divider that keeps the rest of my room dry lets in just enough light to see. Cold, soapy water is cycled through the air. I rub my stiff shoulders. Dryers click on and tear away the remaining blurry edges of my vision, along with most of the moisture left clinging to my body. I step from the shower and into a standard outfit for Kelry. Black, form-fitting careplast, originally designed to be worn when working inside of a vacuum suit. Most of Kelry's inhabitants think it's comfy and wear nothing but careplast for days on end. I'm not one to set any new trends. I check the time again. With only 25 hours and 54 minutes left until I have to check in with Alton, I don't think I have much time to waste. 
I step out of my cabin and into Rector Residency, the small neighborhood I live in. The residential halls of Rector are dead this time of day. I have a moment to myself. Not too uncommon for me, but I cherish it all the same. The floor falls out from underneath me. Around me, I can see nothing but a black void. I grin as the simple interface of an AR game I just willed to open appears before me, floating there in the empty void. Tower Dash. I select Start, and with a snap, I can see the walls of the halls around me, but the floor remains that vacant void. I stand alone, on a towering metal square, maybe two feet across. My body fights the vertigo this causes, and a zero hovers in the top right-hand corner of my vision. Ahead of me, maybe a meter and a half away, is another tower. I step back to the edge of my tower and leap to the next. The metal floor of the station clicks beneath my shoes, but all I see is a series of pillars winding their way down the hall. The zero clicks up to a one in my overlay, and I grin as I leap to the next tower. This tower slowly starts to crumble underneath me. I dash forward onto the next tower, just as the previous one disintegrates behind me. The next tower is too far away, but I hear a creaking noise. The tower beneath my feet begins to shift, and I shuffle forwards to stay atop it. It smashes into the next tower, and I leap to it. I keep going down the hall, and my score reaches nearly 30 before a cabin door opens and a sleepy Rielri steps out in front of me. You can't just skip past a Rielri. I slam right into him and end up flat on my ass, out of breath from my jaunt down the hall. Native to the planet Riel, the planet Kelri just so happens to be orbiting. The Rielri are massive gorilloids. They have hunched backs and massive arms. Most prefer to amble forward on their feet and hands, but they are capable of standing and walking upright. I recognize this one. I can't remember his name, but I've seen him hanging out with Glenn, a hangar worker I might owe a little bit of money to. I'm a sucker for a game of Argas. Little Sharon, up early and out of breath. Hope you're not in any trouble. The reality glances down the empty corner behind me. Glenn would just hate to see his investment in you go to waste. Rielri tend to have deep, gravelly voices, and this one is no exception. He's leaning over me on all fours, wearing a similar outfit to my own. I will my second sight to pull up his ID tag, and his name floats above his head. Actually, Kretsch, I'm glad I ran into you. I'm in need of a bit of work. Y'all still working down in Teller? Kretsch tilts his head to the side, and his lips curl up slightly at the corner of his mouth. Ran into me. You lurching fool, it's a figure of speech for a reason. He extends a massive arm down to help me to my feet. Aye, we still have a few more cycles in Teller. Glad to see you finally given up on striking it big in Argas. You've got shit luck. Not true. I wouldn't have ran into you if I did. I grin madly up at him and take his arm, gritting my teeth internally. I'm sure that Delenn has been cheating me out of money. Only a light shade of my animosity towards him colors my opinion of Kretsch. The reality nearly pulls my shoulder out of my socket as he helps me to my feet. I'll most likely see you later today, but if you'll excuse me, you've ruined my high score attempt and I'd like to get back to it. 
I reactivate the AR program in my second sight and take off over the tops of the towers. And take off over the tops of the towers once again, making my roundabout way towards Teller. I was pretty sure Dylan was working in Teller, but it's nice to have it confirmed. If nothing else, he can be my reason for my trip to the hangar, hopefully keeping any suspicious occupants unaware of my intentions there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of I'll Tell You a Tale. I'm Nathan Westoff, your host, and I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this on Friday, you're listening to it on the day that it comes out because we are doing a special three-week launch period where we release two episodes a week. Uh, Right now, every Monday for the next three weeks, we are going to be releasing a chapter from our Tale of Terrible People, a story rendition of the first D&D campaign that I ever ran as a DM. What you're going to listen to today, every Friday for the next three weeks, you're going to listen to a chapter from the science fiction book I am writing called Space and Sorcery. I am super excited about this. It was an old writing project that I stumbled into. I'm excited to get through the stuff that I already have written so that I can continue to work on the story, and I'm excited to have you all along on the journey. Thank you all so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of I'll Tell You a Tale. I have been your host and author, Nathan Westoff. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys want to stop by and follow us on Twitter, you can find us at ITYATale on Twitter.com. You can also check out our website at www.ityatale.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ityatale or send us an email at ityatale at gmail.com I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed producing it and I will see you in the next episode